It's a good show. Roger. Yeah, I think you're pulling the wrong one. I'm just... Okay, I'm ready to pull it down now. There was still a little bit uh, left in me. Okay, don't hold it quite so tight. Hey. Hi, welcome to the podcast. This is how it's going to start. You're listening to Live to Tape with Johnny Pemberton right now. I'm going to push the pause button. I'm going to depress the pause. I'm going to let up on the pause so we get back into this. Is it sound bad? Does it sound good? Sounds pretty good. What was that? What was that? What was that? What was that? I just asked what it was. Just tell me what it is. Tell me. Tell me. Tell me. Tell me. What? 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 This is the intro. This is the intro. Sorry about this. I'm sorry this intro is disjointed. If it's the first time we're doing the podcast, I understand. This is sort of an experiment. It's not the rest. I do have a guest. I do have a guest, so don't worry. Guest is coming up here on live tape on the Starburns Audio Listening Network. Hi, my name is Jimmy Jackson, also known as David Pilfer, also known as Kevin Tipcorn, also known as Mama Rip Me Not and the Funky Fable Sham Dwarf Gators. This is live to tape. Uh, that's what it is. You know that's what you're inside of it. A couple things. First off, the uh, the tip. <laughs> Please rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. Those are three separate things. We can probably do them all in the space of several, maybe just a few minutes. Few minutes. You can probably get it all done. done. You can probably get all done in the space of a few minutes. Few minutes. Uh, rate, uh, rate, rate, review, subscribe. Rate, review, subscribe. So, so go, go ahead and rate, review, subscribe, subscribe to the podcast. Um, I want to read some reviews of the podcast here now, because some of you have written some reviews that are fucking hilarious and super cool, and I thank you for that. I really thank you. Thank you. I've completely underestimated you all. I guess it's an underestimate. I just forgot that was there, and I checked it, and I'm like, whoa, some elves have been working here to make all kinds of good stuff. And working hard, digging up the fluff, and stacking it into pillows, so we can all jump into a little 
I'm a work. I'm a work. I'm a what? I'm a what? I'm a stuck. I'm a stuck. I'm a work. I'm work. I'm work. Read a book. Read a book. Just took. Took. A big shit. Made of books. Books. I'm a book eating worm. Sorry about that. Sound noisy. Yeah. So this is the most recent review. It comes from uh, James Anthony Sullivan. Uh, it's a five-star review, obviously. It's uh, shaking like a leaf on the desert heat. I like that rhyme. I don't know if I ever said that before. If I have said it, thanks to me. Good job, Johnny. If I haven't said it, good job, James. Either way, it's still a collaborative product. James says, after self-releasing my 1969 album, comma, I said, heck with this, and disappeared to the deserts of New Mexico, never to be seen or heard from again. Well, I had to log on to the dang iTunes to rate and review the podcast because Live the Tape is so good. I created a solar Wi-Fi hotspot out of a tin can, which can pick up public Wi-Fi signals from Venus, just so I can listen to the podcast. Was this review helpful? Yes. Here's another great one here. This is from uh, Goat Smear. <laughs> they say good. Uh, they say... The straightforward sprinkle knot runs straight rank in the course with fine music. You can get into it and around it at any time. Nothing smooth, nothing jagged. It's a plastic station streaming patio listeners for all. Does that make sense? It's a plastic station streaming patio for listeners. It's a plastic station streaming patio listeners for all. Ugh, an outstanding review from Goat Smear. I'll read one more here. I just really, I really um, encourage these these absurd reviews. I'm really loving these. They just make me laugh. Okay, I'll read this last one here, and then we'll then we'll move on. This is from this is by Bird Blaine. They say, at the end of the day, all things being equal, the podcast is what it is, which is to say, what I mean when I'm being said that the thing that you thought I'm thinking. Really relaxing interviews with tons of interesting voice blasting. Don't tell my wife, but I might have another IPA. Don't tell my wife, but I might have another IPA. My wife thinks I'm at a sales convention, but I'm actually at a fucking IPA convention. <laughs> What's the difference between a sales convention and an IPA convention? The answer is nothing. <laughs> I'm trying to get an effective slap back technique, but in the meantime, it's just a part of if you want to support the podcast, the only way to do that is to go to live is to go to the live to tape Patreon page, which is Patreon. Dot com slash live to tape. That's patreon.com slash live to tape. There's multiple engagement levels to, for you to enjoy on there. Also, you should know that t shirts, these custom made, beautiful, 
beautiful wool t-shirts. I'm selling wool t-shirts for $75 a pop. They're made of full, full spun merino wool straight from the back of Italian chef dogs. No, seriously though, but seriously, these shirts are beautiful shirts with the Live the Tape logo and a beautiful, <laughs> I keep saying fucking beautiful. They've got a nice, uh, elegant way of transitioning from blue to red in a, in a real life, actual screen printed, unique whoosh. I call it a whoosh designed by Travis Millard, a.k.a. Fudge, a.k.a. The Other Fudge, a.k.a. Fudge Factory, all kinds of fudge stuff. It's just, they're absolutely beautiful. It's the logo. It's the logo you're used to seeing. But those will be available, have a limited amount of them in this colorway that will be available on Patreon to people. I'm going to offer them for a, a nice price where there'll be free shipping. So if you, if you want that, that's where you got to get it. I'm going to make some more t-shirts at some other time and make them available to everybody. But for right now, I'm just going to make them available to Patreon subscribers because that's, uh, I have a limited amount of these. So it is live to tape. Fuck, I always say that. It's patreon.com slash live to tape. That's where you go to engage and you can also get access to the discord I don't know if you know what that is it's a thing it's it's you know I swear to god it's gonna be like twitch it's gonna be a big thing gonna be so big gonna be bigger what what it's like the Twitch, but it's you can integrate it with Twitch. You can just do all kinds. You can just you can just do all kinds. You can do all kinds of stuff. stuff. And I'm never gonna stop doing lots of stuff. What? Yeah. Yeah. Just just expect it. Expect stuff and must. Yeah. Do you hear yourself? Can you hear yourself? Let's see. You can't hear yourself, can you? Weird. Is it me? Let's see. Is it me? Hello, hello, hello. There you go. I'm okay. a little quiet. I'll give you a little more. Check. Okay. That's good. That's good. That's good. Okay. Okay. Now we're going to go back and try that again. Here we go. Take two. Take two. Water's up. Order up. I don't know about you, but I'm a huge Stones guy. <laughs> I'm a big Stones guy. This is my favorite Rolling Stones song right here. You know this song? Oh, this is it. Yeah. yeah. The Stones, Mick. baby. There's Mick all over it. Oh, you can just hear Mick. And that drummer, Charlie. And then the other guy. Yeah. He's super old. Nigel. Nigel and Mick and all those guys. Yeah. Listening to Live the Tape, the podcast here on Starburns Audio. If you haven't listened to this before, this is what it sounds like. I'm sorry if you're hearing this for I'm sorry if you're hearing this for the first time and you're getting fully blasted by Daddy's big red truck. The show is all about getting fully blasted by Daddy's big red truck. If you can't handle that, go out in the backyard and build yourself something to play with. Because we don't have time if you can't handle getting blasted by Daddy's big red truck. Right now, we're listening to a song by a guy named Ronnie Laws. 
This is called Always There, the original version. I prefer the non-original version by Wood, Brass, and Steel. But you know what? Sometimes you gotta deviate from your septum. <laughs> Today, my guest is a very special guy. His name is Chris Thayer. Hello. Hey, Chris. How's it going? It's good, man. Works out, too. There we go. Yeah. You can be wherever you want. You're in the same place. We're both fully ripped, gypped, gripped, and tipped. Yeah. We've got a big old... Our cup is running up over with uh, specimens of... We're oiled up. We've been oiled and... We're oiled to toil, max boil. Ready to toil, yeah. The pot's at max boil. Add a little salt water, add a little fucking oil, and drop your pasta in there and watch it get crinkled. This is a long song. I'm not going to hear it all. Do you ever think of your voice as being a trumpet? <laughs> Whoa, man, I'm freaking out. Oh, man, my voice is a trumpet. Oh. Hey, Chris, welcome to the podcast. Hey. This is it. How do you sound yourself? I sound like shit. Is it loud enough? Is it clear enough? It's is it, good, yeah. Yeah, it's good enough. I'm trying to think if my some of my equipments have been damaged and shit, but I think we're okay. My equipment's is good. I think my levels are actually good, but if I want to turn my headphones down... Yeah, you can. See that little knob over there? Yeah, because what happens is some we still haven't... Um, I think this is mainly because when I come in here, all my shit's like the voltage is all out of whack. Let's so end up share a practice space with ACDC. Yeah. They come in here. They come in here and they turn it to DC. And voltage. <laughs> That's a pretty good impression. Thanks. I've been working on it for... Years? Yeah, like 10 years. Are you an ACDC guy? Hey, voltage. Hey, voltage. You tell me. <laughs> I don't think you are. Uh, Actually, I, but... I, I do like them, yeah. Yeah. See, yeah. a lot of people do like ACDC that I'm always surprised at. And also the other way around, too. But also being like... Are you an ACDC guy? It makes me feel like I'm on WTF or something. Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Would I call myself an ACDC guy? Probably not. Yeah. What is what is Mark Maron considered to be? I've all, I think it's, I, I don't want to even do it, be the guest on that podcast. I guess I'll, I'll, Mark, I'll be a guest if you want. <laughs> yeah, you I want, would too. I mean, I, when, I, Mark, I just I'm want sorry. to go on to dispel all of Mark's wrong ideas about music. Mark, I'm sorry. Mark. I just, can we edit this out? Is Mark going to hear this? No, he's not. Okay. But, I mean, like, we're not saying anything bad right now. I mean, he'll find a way. To... I'm sure. Mark, here's the deal. Man, I like you a lot. have for a long time. But um, I would love to come on there and really get nitty-gritty with you. If someone asked me who are my guys, yeah. I would say Mark. Mark? And ACDC. I would say Mark, David, Jeff, Kevin, Ben, Steve, and Whiff. All the, the Carpenter uh-huh. sisters, yeah. How many of them were there? Twelve. Really? Yeah. I don't know anything about that. It's, uh... It's pretty simple. You ever seen that? Um, you ever seen that movie, Reflections of Evil? No. It's this movie by this guy who lives in L.A. named Damon Packard. Mm-hmm. He's a strange man. And he makes strange movies. He made this one about maybe like eleven years ago called Reflections of Evil, and it's one of the coolest movies ever made. It's like a real, like shoestring indie thing. He stars in it. He's like, it doesn't make any sense. Well, it makes a lot of sense, but it's not like a real normal movie. But he, um. He uh, uses a Carpenter song in that movie that's indescribable. It's one of the most cinematic things I've ever seen in my life. It's a part where there's this homeless man who is clearly kind of like either super drunk or mentally ill or both, and mm-hmm. he's medicating himself. He's, he's like staggering toward the camera, holding a big folding, like a saw, the kind you use like to cut down like a pocket saw yeah. to cut down like a branch. Yeah. And he's go- got that folded out, 
And as he's walking toward the camera, that song, um, that Carpenter song, how's it go? Um, God, there's that car- famous Carpenter song that is playing as he's coming. I can't think of what it is. If I, if I were to play it right now, it wouldn't, it wouldn't even matter because you have to just see this the scene. Like right. It's like the— um, I'll watch it. You know what it is? It's, we've, we've only just begun. It's this one. Oh, yeah. It's this one here. But it's right when the fucking drums kick in. And he's got a big ass. It's just, just, and it's so scary. And then it cuts to like a bunch of chemtrails flying across the sky going. <sighs> I like it already. This movie. Oh, you're going to love it. It's probably one of my top three, maybe favorite movies ever. It's the most like aggressively bizarre thing you've ever seen. But yeah. somehow it still manages to be this part. This shit. What the hell? What the hell is this shit? This ah. Oh wow. Like you think about it, that shit's kind of funky, isn't it? Yeah. How aware of the carpenters are you? Zero. Really? Yeah. Yeah, I feel like I'm zero. I just know it because I was if like. If you hadn't played that, I would have been like, yeah, I, I know that song. Although I, that particular song, since you sang it, I I would have known. But because you've been in a diner before. Yeah, but anything else, I would have been like. They're ABBA, right? I think that's <laughs> where they exist in my head. I go, they're ABBA? I feel the same about ABBA. I don't know anything about ABBA. But ABBA is like one of the biggest things in the whole world, right? In the right? world, yeah. Isn't that movie Mamma Mia about ABBA? I think so. Or the play? Yeah. When I don't I think even know, that, though. I think it's about spaghetti or something. <laughs> yeah, that was about, yeah. It's about Ita- a big meatball. But it's about a big Italiano family. Mamma yeah. Mia. Uh, Mamma made the biggest meatball. We all lived in the meatball. Yeah, it's a musical about the Sopranos. That's what I think. It could be. There's so many people who know so much about this right now who aren't listening, but if they were listening, they would be like, how can you fucking... There's no meatballs in the... There's no meatballs in there. It's about fucking ABBA, the greatest band of all time. There's no fucking meatballs in the ABBA. There's no fucking... They're really Italian, though. Who are ABBA? The fans. They are? would be mad. They are. In this scenario. Isn't ABBA Swedish or something? Yes, I believe so. God. But the Bee Gees aren't. No. Or the, the Bee Gees are English. Yes. Do you like the Bee Gees? I mean, I feel like I... No. I mean, like, I don't care. Really? I, but I've never really listened much. I know, like, yeah, their old stuff is actually pretty cool. <laughs> you know? That's me actually talking. That's yeah, me yeah, about yeah. five years ago saying that. Yeah, I've heard numerous people say that. Whose opinions first... I respect, but yeah. I just am like, eh. Their first three albums are psychedelic albums. <gasps> like 68, 67, yeah. 69... Nice. Sorry, 60, 68, 69, 70. Idea, horizontal, self-titled. It really was you, it's the fucking, guy that was it like, Yeah, it's pretty cool, man. But some of them are actually like crazy, like very... Well, we'll, we'll get into it. Okay. But how, what about you? <laughs> what about you, Chris? What about me? Where did you come from? What do you mean? Like, where did you come from? When? Originally? Like today and then like before that, like oh, okay. years before that. Today I came from... Corey Lukasik and Frankie Quinones and okay. Kevin Kamiya's house. Those are freaking SF boys. Very funny comedians. <laughs> you know? Frankie Quinones, now of Cholofit fame. Um, what is that? His He has like this video series that's oh, really? exploded online. Yeah, That's cool. That's cool. Um, but yeah, I'm staying with them. I'm visiting from Arizona right now. Mm-hmm. I'm living in T- Tucson. I've been there for about a year. What are you doing in Tucson? What's up there? What do I do in Tucson? Uh, I'm there kind of not doing much, and then I go on tour because it's, like, cheap enough there for me to go on tour. Yeah. And then I'm kind of there doing not a lot. 
I like Tucson. Me too. It's really beautiful and really mellow, and I have friends there. And How did you discover Tucson as a place to live? I lived there for a little while when I was in high school. My family mm-hmm. moved there for two and a half years. So you didn't grow up there. You just spent some time there. No, but it was a good time. It was uh, the beginning of high school, the first two and a half years. Those are pretty formative years. It was very formative, yeah. and there was an all-ages music venue there. Ooh. And so it kind of, like, changed a lot for me. So who did you – because every time I have people on the podcast, I feel like that's always the thing that happens is, like, when you're that age, when you're, like, what, 15, 14 mm-hmm. – you're so awkward and you hate everything and you're so scared that everything hates you. Yeah. That if you can find some place that seems to be like in hindsight, look at that stuff and be like, oh, it's like it's everything's welcoming. You just have to like feel good about yourself enough right. to go there. Yeah, yeah. But you go look back on that period of time in your life. You're like, oh, if someone looked at me for more than a few seconds, I would have fucking run away. Yeah. Because I was just so, I don't know who I am, yeah, what exactly. I want to be. Yeah. And all ages, when you, can, can I come in? <laughs> yeah, you can come in. Oh, cool. Uh. <laughs> and then eventually you get to the point where you're like, I'm better than everybody. Yeah. As a teenager. Oh, you like that? Pfft. They fucking suck, dude. Wow. But, Have you heard hey. their older stuff? Okay. Horizontal. Uh, I don't know the rest Idea. Of Idea. Psychedelic masterpieces. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, that, it like changed my life. What do you, what was like, do you remember, was it like a moment you remember or more just like a time, it was just a time period as, sort of? Uh, it was definitely the time period because it was a lot of factors that played into what the, having a social life was like at that time. And yeah. It was also changing because this was like the early internet. Yeah, so it was like the early, early internet, right? Pre, pre-social media as we know it. Pre, what year are we talking about here, do you think? This is like 2000, 2000. 2000, okay. Starting in 2000, Got and then, it. but mostly like 2001, 2003, yeah. I feel like more, I have yeah. more vivid memories of. There was a lot of email going on then. There's there was chat rooms. Instant Messenger. I, yeah, I am. AOL, AOL Instant Messenger. Messenger. Live Journal. Live Journal. See, that's the thing I never got into, but... There's a lot of people who are, like, deep in, in certain scenes or at least yeah. older scenes that that was, like, a big thing. Yeah. LJ was, like, that was where it all went down, right? Kind of. There was that. There were a few other places that were, like— Makeout Club? Yeah, I was just going to say that. Holy yeah. shit. Makeout Club, yeah. I have thought about Makeout Club in so long. I didn't even know about Makeout Club. I got introduced to that by, like— Indie dudes I knew who worked at the radio station I went to in college. Yeah. And they were, I, wasn't the, I wasn't, like, super indie, really. I was like something. I liked music. I liked, you know, to hang out and party. And I didn't like football or being in a frat. So, but I wasn't like super indie because I didn't really know about that. But that was something that's like a really indie thing. Yeah. And it was like. Tell people what that is because I think a lot of people don't even know what the fuck that is. So, Makeout Club, I believe, started actually even in the late 90s. I mean, I didn't find it until 2000 and it seemed like it was already like thriving. Yeah. Like for me to find out about it was like. It must be popular because I'm uncool, but I know about things that are maybe a little underground, indie, indie or scene yeah. or whatever they were indie. at the time. Scene. Uh, but <clears throat> yeah, so Makeout Club was this website. I, I think this guy in Boston started. This guy Gibby. I don't yeah, really know. Oh my god! Yeah, guy, but, some kind of Gibby. Um, so forgive me if we've. Learned that he's bad or something? I really don't know I think he about probably him. became bad. Okay, so I don't, I don't know. know. I think a lot of those people are now. I mean, yeah. Whatever. I wouldn't be surprised. What but can you do? It's like a fucking landmine field. It's just... People are bad. 
Yeah. A lot of people are bad. But uh, so it was like this website that had message boards that were really active. And this is, I don't know when Reddit started. I want to be like, this is pre-Reddit, but I really don't know. I think it is. It it could be. It's a BBS, right? So it's just, uh, what's that? I think it's a Bolton board system. I don't know the logistics. Oh, of I don't it, know either. I'm just saying that because I think I know. I think I, th- I think it's correct. Yeah, know? but your old timey message board, right? And then so that's one side of the site. So there's like this social aspect to the site, but then on the other part of the site, it's like you can create a profile. Mm-hmm. And this was like new, as far as I knew. There was nothing like this. Right. You could have a profile, and you can have one picture of yourself. Oh. And then you could put like a username. Maybe your age, you could put your city, mm-hmm. you could put your ICQ, which I didn't have and don't really know yeah, what that's that is. Yeah, that was a messaging service. That was a, yeah. uh, it was a Microsoft Messenger, I think. Okay, and then there's, your, you could put your AOL Instant Messenger, Yeah. and you can put, I think, a link to something. So which it could usually be your LJ. live journal. Yeah. yeah. And then you could have a little bio, uh-huh. which could be whatever. A lot of people would just dump every single band that was in their Winamp playlist. Oh, God. So oh, my like God. A, Winamp. A thousand bands in alphabetical order. Uh-huh. It's like, come on. You don't like a thousand bands. But you do, man. I like all these bands. Nobody likes a thousand bands. But uh-huh. uh, Or you could have, you know, whatever about yourself. Like, uh, I'd like to smoke cigarettes in the in the winter yeah. or whatever. And, Try to uh, be as indie as possible yeah. to be like as, oh, man. I just get this. I just haven't thought about that in so long. How that stuff—it's yeah. just so. I remember. I, well, the the component for me later on was like MySpace was the first thing I ever did. Yeah. I mean, actually, probably Friendster. Yeah, Friendster was the first. It was like, like that big, big one. I remember obsessing over my profile, being like, "Okay, I have to make sure I have the right bands that people <laughs> like a girl would see, so they'd like." Oh yeah, I I remember feeling like, okay, we want to have a good balance of bands here. Yeah. And I don't want it to be all one genre. I'd like to show that I'm diverse, but yeah. I don't want to put too many bands because I don't want to be one of these Winamp pieces of shit. Right, just copy and paste. Yeah, but with just back to Makeout Club for a second. Yeah. So you also it also had a search function, and I think that was a huge thing. Uh-huh. So you could go to profiles, and then it was like separated boys and girls on there. And I mean, that's what it said was yeah. boys and girls. I'm not like I using, know just using that as a term, but. It said boys and girls, and so you could be like, I'm looking for uh, girls who live in uh, Tucson, Arizona, like me. And then you see, like, you know, 12 maybe other people who mm-hmm. are, like, into weird stuff. Into what? Maybe not the same weird stuff, and then you find, like, the three people that are into sort of similar weird stuff as but you. But just the fact they're on the website at all yeah. means that they're sort of— There's people s- here. There's some like-minded scenester— Indie folk, yeah, or, where I live, yeah. or where I, whatever, I'm going to mm-hmm. visit, or whatever, uh, and then yeah, you could just either like look at their link and mm-hmm. check out their live journal and be like, does this person seem cool? Or you could like message them and be like, hey guys, I got makeup club. Uh, I like bands too. I like. I also like Death Cab for Cutie. Actually, this yeah. is probably pre Death Cab, right? I know. I think it's. I like Cursive. That era. I like. Well, what's like a quintessential makeout club band? Do you think? I think. I didn't like anything that would have been quintessentially Makeup right. Club. But what do you, what would you say you would probably see the most of on Yeah. That? Ooh. Like, oh, I mean, just... yeah, something like, it was like that cursive. Cursive, yeah. <laughs> Any like... sort of like, maybe what, braid? Yeah. Well, Any I like braid. A, yeah. I'm just trying to think of like an indie. Like, not indie, what's but that guy? Like, emo. Low. Low. Low was big. He's in a bunch of other bands. Those guys are Mormons, right? Jonas or something like that. Jesus Christ. I don't even know. The guy from Low. 
He was in, yeah, he had a bunch of other bands. Who One else Line Drawing, in? that was his other band. One Line Drawing? Yeah. I didn't like any of those bands. I don't know that. Um, I'm trying to think about the other band that I'm thinking about. It's like the one that, uh, low, not, I just thought Snapcase for some reason. Yeah, Snapcase was Snapcase, like Lagwagon. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's like the more punk stuff. I'm trying to think the most, you know what I'm thinking of? Bright Eyes. Oh, yeah. Bright Eyes is a big fucking makeout club style because that is that. Bright Eyes I did like. Yeah. Yeah, I, I never liked Bright Eyes. I, I hate to say this, but there was a guy who. Oh, I shouldn't, don't have to say it. Say it! There was a guy who sold CDs at the all ages venue. Yeah. And I, he was an asshole. I stole a Bright Eyes CD. There you go, whatever. Now you see, now, you've, now you're absolved because you did it. And I also stole a Saddle Creek compilation. Ooh, Saddle Creek, ladies and gentlemen. Saddle Creek is the label that Connor Oberst's band Bright Eyes was featured on. (laughs) Saddle Creek had numerous bands, all of them emo bands like Bright Eyes. Desaparecidos. Desaparecidos, a band that people really liked. Also, that was a Connor Oberst band. Connor Oberst was a very successful young man. I don't know, is he still alive? He's still doing Bright Eyes. He is? Yeah. I wonder what that's like to be... Have because he's like 15 years out of that now, right? He's like 50 years old. Yeah, is he? No, I have no idea. I think he's younger, than, I think he's about our age. Oh, I'm sure, yeah. He's fucking, he was like a wonder king. He's gotta be, he's gotta be 40. I don't know, late 30s. I just know so little about that band because I really hated them. Because, like, that, I mean, this is let's let's just play a Bradley song so we can get an idea of this, what this sounds like. Oh God! This is the worst. This is I don't I don't. I'm playing this from a YouTube video. We'll just see what this sounds like here. This is from the Saddle Creek YouTube channel. Coffee shop. This is Bright Eyes, right? Do you recognize this at all? I mean, it sounds like it would be Bright Eyes. This is the first day yes, of my life. It's so emo, dude. So I was born right in the door. I, I was born right. Yeah. I went out in the rain. So I went out in the rain. spreading. Uh, what is that? Blankets on the beach. beach. Man, he's doing a great job. Yours is the first Yours face is that I saw. saw. Uh, it's so earnest that it makes... I guess it's something I'm about this type of music. It makes that, you turn away. Go, yeah, I feel like it's just it's it's cringy to me. Even though it, it's not, I don't think it's bad. Yeah, I don't fault anyone for liking this at all. But for me personally, there's something about it that makes me feel very aware of being white. It's like it makes me feel like I'm being watched by some someone who's laughing at me for doing things like going to Target. But what's whiter than constantly searching for music? By non-white artists from around the world. I don't know, man. Is that? Can you talk about us? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I don't think it's that white, actually. Is it? Uh, I think there's nothing whiter. Yeah. Really? Yeah. How so? Then like. Because we're so aware of it. No, I think. You know, just like digging yeah. up other people's culture and stuff. Yeah. That seems like a white thing. Uh, but couldn't you? But you could also make the case the other way around, right? There's a lot of people who are. Not white, and they're really into white shit. They're into like they're really into like um. That's I mean, there's a lot. <laughs> I can't think know. of anything. Uh, I, I just don't know because I, I, I guess it's I guess it's kind of what. But also, I, mean, I don't even know what that even means. It's one of those things where I feel like I don't know what it means anymore. But you feel it anyway. 
Um, where you're like, this is so white and it's embarrassing. I don't think but it you don't is. Really define. What do you that mean is. like in terms of like liking reggae as much as I do? Or both? We both I like reggae. I, I, I actually was talking about the bright eyes. Yeah, I guess bright eyes to me something something earnest about it that makes me. Maybe it's not so much even white. It's more just like this sort of um, <clears throat> just the earnestness of something. Does it make you feel uncool? I don't know what it does. I guess it, maybe it does make me feel uncool. Yeah. Maybe it makes me feel kind of like uh, I'm giving up too much. Yeah. Like just too much uh, being – I'm opening my heart up too much. <laughs> it's, it's, not, it's good to open it up. And it's good to open up your heart. But maybe for me, opening up is not that sound. Well – Try an earlier album, you know. Yeah, you're probably right. So what you're saying is I got to get into Bright Eyes. Yeah. I early, have to. His earlier stuff. Okay. I have to get uh, – listeners, just let, keep keep on me. Keep reminding me at all times to get into the earlier stuff of Bright Eyes. Yeah. I have to do it. Make him listen to Fevers and Mirrors again. Oh, I remember that album cover. It had a little mirror on the cover. It did, yes. That's the one I stole. That fucking album, that album sold. That album got passed around. Yeah. Bright eyes, fevers, because this stuff is more like way more. This is the first day of my life. I could be in the bright eyes. I could be in bright eyes. This is a long intro. Yeah, okay. It's just like a Target commercial to me. And I kissed a girl with a broken I mean, honestly, it sounds like an impersonation of something at this point. <laughs> to be listening to that now, to not have like listened to it back then. Yeah. He just said, I kissed a girl with a broken jaw and something I'm like... I'm surprised you even heard that. Yeah. Yours and in a story told she was a little girl in a red room, some breeze field and there were rows of red tomatoes where a secret was concealed and rose like thunder. I guess what it is to me is it's it's that doesn't sound desperate. It just sounds so, like, this is the last day of our lives. <laughs> this is it. The intensity is like this is such an intensity in it. It's like unbelievable. Yeah. <laughs> he does sound like he's has a a belt around his neck. And yeah. He's jacking off. Maybe yeah. not like he's jacking off, but but he's doing something. There's definitely a belt. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe that's what gets me. Is <gasps> it's the sort of like the. Um, the desperation of something. I guess yeah. it is co- not cool because cool is being like laid back, relax. Oh, it's cool. I'm fine. I'm good. Yeah. I'm going to just walk slow. I'm going to just skip over this thing instead of run and jump. Yeah. It's like the uh, you're not stressed. You're not freaking. Do you think. Freaking. Do you feel like that way about comedy? Yeah. I'll tell you why. I thought this about comedy. Um. One of Britt's old friends uh, came to a comp, my, my girlfriend. We're getting married, though, so it's going to be, you know, whatever. Congratulations. Dang. I don't know what I fucking said. Oh. Um, so she's your fiance. Yeah, I guess so, Or yeah. you're each other's fiancés. Yeah, we're, we're each other's fiancés. Cool. So she, her friend, came to a show of mine with her, like, like five, six years ago, maybe more. Mm-hmm. And she had never been to a comedy show before. And she asked Britt, why do all the comedians, when they get announced, why do they run on stage? And she didn't know what to say to that. And I thought when I heard that, I heard Britt ask, told me she asked that. And I was like, why do we fucking run on stage? <laughs> That's so fucking lame to be yeah. running to the stage. Like, ah, I got to get there. 
And now I think about that all the time. I'm like, I never, ever since I heard that, I never ran to the stage unless it was like a thing where I'm running to the stage on purpose for, yeah. for as a bit. Because I'm like, how dumb is it to be? There's something about it to me that if you're running to the stage, it implies like you're, it's like, it's almost like a bit of desperation. Yeah. Like you're starting off desperate. Like, I got to get there. <laughs> hey, guys. Yeah. Hey, oh, okay, I just got here. Oh, hey, thanks for having me. Oh, cool. How well, you guys doing? Now, what about when you're, okay, so that's an aspect of comedy. Yeah, right? aspect what, of comedy. What about like in performance when you see people who are like very sincere? Does that, do you? Not like that? No, I think I do like that. Huh. I don't know. I don't know how to translate it to how I feel about They might uh, not correlate. Email. I'm just curious. Yeah. I think there is a correlation maybe. But maybe I guess my thing with certain emo stuff is it feels it feels forced so it's not sincere. It feels yeah. like maybe this person's trying to be emotional when actually if uh, you just like I see. Yeah. I see uh, what you're saying. Yeah, you're trying to convey that you're Sincere, rather yeah. than just being sincere. Exactly. Or going, it's all, ah, I'm. Oh, oh my God! This is a kissed girl with a broken jaw that her father gave to her. <laughs> and you're like, dude, just say it. Exactly. You don't have to yell it at me with your fucking belt around your throat. I think it also kind of smacks of immaturity sometimes. Oh yeah. And like, I guess I get tired of that stuff because I feel it's like so hard for me to listen to so much of what I used to listen yeah. to. Yeah. Even stuff that people are like. Oh, this is still cool, or mm-hmm. this is like, uh, I have a fondness, you know, for this period. I don't know. I just, certain bands, the more I listen to them, I go like, well, I guess on one hand, it's like this person was young and dumb when they wrote this. Yeah, you got to forgive people. And I can take that in mind, but at the same time, I'm also like, damn, this person is dumb as fuck. And I can't believe that I was raised, I grew up with this as my, like... Got an example. Influ- like Descendants or something. Okay. I think I've never listened to them either. There's a lot of stuff I've just never listened to for no reason other than I just haven't listened to it. They're fine. I mean, like, I used to really, really like them. And then now mm-hmm. I go like, oh, my God, this guy's just projecting all of his bullshit onto every woman in his life. Yeah. And not taking any accountability for his own emotions. But I'm also like, I mean, he was like 19 probably. I right. was a fucking idiot. Like, uh, up to, I still am a fucking idiot. But... You know what I mean? At least I'm not writing songs about it. Totally. I guess, but there's also that thing where, oh, that person wrote songs about it, so there's like a cathartic nature to it, so maybe... Yes, I agree with that, too, where I'm sort of like torn about the, the, you know, like the role of art where it's like, well, couldn't I write a song where I talk about like shitty things in order to like express those feelings rather than acting on them? You know what I mean? I think so. If I'm like... If I write a song about shooting up a school because I'm like an angry teenager, mm-hmm. I'm writing a song. I'm not shooting up a school. I'm not telling you to shoot up a school either. I'm just yeah. trying to get those emotions out. I think that makes sense. But then the onus is on the audience. But then you also have to consider what is your role? What if someone misinterprets you and is like, oh, this is a guidebook. Yeah. I should shoot up a school or whatever. You know. I guess I, I feel like it's one of those things where you just can't. You can't be responsible for everyone all the time, and if you're not literally, if you're not literally calling someone to action, then it's just you have, you have to think about personal responsibility. If someone wants to interpret something that way, that's that's their fault, and it's nothing you can do about it, right? I don't know. I mean, I see both sides. Where I yeah. also see like people talk about um, satire, for example, right? 
if you don't have clarity of intent, mm-hmm. that it could be misinterpreted as uh, not satire. Yeah, as, as advocating for the things that you're claiming to be making fun of. Yeah. Right? So if you're like, I remember when I first started hearing about this conversation was like Borat or something. Okay. Uh, so it was like he's satirizing people who are like, yeah, throw the Jew down the well. Yeah. But he's not. But there are also people who go to the movie and they they're like, haha. It's funny because he said throw a Jew down a well. That's, That's cool. That's true. That's pretty funny because what's not funny about that? You know, instead of like. Oh man, it's funny that certain people would just be on board with that. God, that's fucked up, but it's like I'm laughing at it, you know? And uh so where's the line and what is your responsibility? Do do you want artists though at the same time who are like, by the way, I'm saying don't throw Jews down wells at yeah. every turn. You know, I don't I think you can't have that. Because if right. you have that then it's like it takes away the takes away the fun. Yeah. So I see both sides. I mean, I'm also like I would be bummed if I was like Hey, I created this character. It's mm-hmm. Borat, and he sings this song. And like, can you believe people just sing along with it? Uh, but then to go to a theater and have people in the theater to be like, "Dude, yeah, throw a Jew down a well," I would be like, "Ah, fuck!" Like, I didn't want this, you know? Yeah, I feel like most people though don't see it that way. Most people know this is a Jewish guy making fun of. You would think. I don't know. We don't. We'll never know. We don't know. We hope. Mm-hmm. Obviously. It's too late, though. It's too late. It's out there. It is out there. My wife is out there. My wife. My wife, even. I mean, what about how do wives feel about that shit? Oh, yeah. How My do wives, wife? How do wives feel about Borat? How do wives Welcome to How Do Wives Feel do wives with Chris Thayer and Jimmy Johnny Pemberton. Kimberton. We're talking about Phoenix, not Phoenix, fucking Tucson. Phoenix is so different than Tucson. Holy yeah. shit. It's Tucson's great. like the indie to the major label of Phoenix. Yeah. But, so you started going to all ages shows, and that's what kind of got you into music that's like, because you are like a big time head, I would say. <laughs> when I say head, I mean in the old sense, oh, someone yeah. who's like fucking digs it shit hard. Yeah. You fucking dig. And you, so I was you, actually pretty obsessive about music before that. Right. Oh, but before that, really? Crazy. So what What was your first, how did you first really get, what was the thing that got you, like I you said, obsessed? Obsessed. Okay. I think part of it was like seeking approval from my parents. Really? Honestly, yeah. Are your parents cool? No. Uh, no. Okay. So. My parents aren't cool either. Yeah. So. They're we, nice. They're just not cool. Well, mine aren't very nice either. But uh, <laughs> we would. uh we would drive around. My parents were young, so it was my mom and my stepdad. Yeah. My mom had me when I, oh, she was like 23. Okay. And so uh, I, I don't know how this started, but they were young. They would listen to rock music on the radio. Right. You know, alternative, I guess, at the time. This is like grunge era. Like Soundgarden. Yeah. Uh, my my stepdad had been in like hair metal bands and stuff. Wow. And my mom was like kind of more into like new New wave pop rock. This is cool, Chris. You're talking about, you see your parents aren't cool. That's my parents. I guess I just meant they weren't like good to me. Okay. But I like, mean like in terms of like. Yeah, they liked cool stuff, but they weren't, they weren't like, you know, when I see other people's parents and they're yeah. like, oh, my dad turned me on to Frank Zappa when I was four. Okay. Like, okay. Well, I didn't have that. Yeah. I, mean, I had nothing even close to that. Like my, my parents didn't like, like music. My parents had like Motley Crue tapes and stuff. Okay. You know. It's like, something. Yeah. It was something. They liked music. 
uh, they listened to the radio, and I would I somehow got into the habit of trying to figure out what band was playing on the radio. Right. And to like it would impress my parents They'd to like, guess it. You're right. Yeah, that is Guns N' Roses. Mm-hmm. That is Damn Yankees. That is whatever. You know, especially when you're like a little kid and you're like, like I don't hear that. Mama, that's that's, that's Damn Yankees. Yeah. <laughs> That's Martin Modesky. It would. <laughs> but, uh, so I got obsessed with Aerosmith. Really? Yes. I was That's in the Aerosmith funny. fan club when I was in Damn. fourth grade, I think. Uh-huh. And I was just, this was at a time when there was a lot of those, like, cassette carousel displays at, like, grocery stores yeah. and gas stations. Right. And I was always looking for another Aerosmith album. And then I would ask my t- parents, please, can I just get this one Aerosmith album? At one can, point I had... Can I please get big ones? Uh, that was one of my favorite <laughs> ones. I think that was the first one that I started That's with. That's the greatest hits, right? Uh, yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm thinking of Get a Grip, which is has udders on the front. What is the one that's also called, like, Ubidadukada or Dukity? Uh... Honkin' on Bobo. Honkin' on Bobo! Dude, we used to say honking on Bubba all the time in college radio. It's like, so dumb that they're... it's the dumbest fucking thing ever. Oh, excuse me, are you guys honking on Bobo? Yeah, they're all like, you know, references uh, to like sex. dicks or yeah. fucking or spraying. big ones. Get a grip, but then it's like cow udders on that the front. That means tits. Pump. There's like a truck on the back of another truck. Like mm-hmm. they're fuck, they're fucking. Can you see the F word in here? Yeah. Fucking, fucking, sucking and fucking trucking. and coming and nutting. Trucks fucking and coming and blasting and nutting. There's one called Night in the Ruts, which is just a play on the right in the nuts. Oh, my God. It's, it's embarrassing. It's embarrassing. Night in the Ruts. Oh, God. <laughs> and it's like they're in a cave on the cover. It's like so childish. Or something. That's yeah, hilarious. It's horrible. But I was obsessed with Aerosmith, deeply, deeply obsessed. I had eight Aerosmith albums on cassette tape. Mm. I would bring them to school with me. And, like, we would have, like, free time sometimes in class, and there was, like, a cassette player with four headphone jacks. And I would just, like, beeline for that and, like, you know, listen to, like, Back in the Saddle over there. Wow. For, like, the five free minutes that we had. Back in the Saddle. (laughs) And then, uh, I don't know. I got in some other bands. Uh, Presidents of the United States of America. Oh, Pusa. Oh, yeah. They fucking rule, dude. Was a big fan. Uh, Then I found, then I got into Sublime. Pusa's a great fan to be a great band to be a fan of as a child. Yeah, because it's like they have such they're such like it's like innocence, friendly. but yeah. they're also ah, oh, it's almost so much stuff you can get into. Like you know the whole. I mean, obviously you know everything about that. Listeners probably don't know. Um, maybe you know, but Presence of the United States of America was the band that famously had the song called Peaches, and they also had Lump. Lump sat alone in a buggy marsh. That's how it goes. Great song. But those guys did this weird shit where they would. They flipped the bass strings on the bass so they were the opposite direction or something like that. Yeah, I think I remember reading the liner notes and it was like two string bass guitar and yeah. three string git bass. There's all these weird things they did to so make there's only it more... five strings in the band. And also the drummer only had like a splash <laughs> and like a splash is the tiny symbol. Yeah. It sounds like Psh! he had that. I can't believe I just did a perfect impression of a splash symbol. That was weird. <laughs> I wish I could listen to that back. I think that's actually what it's fully sound. Maybe it has a little more sustain, but there's almost no sustain on the splash. We should look it up. But that band did all that stuff, and I, looking back on it, it's something where I feel like that band 
to me is what I recognize now is people who are probably alcoholics <laughs> and in recovery. You know what I mean? Because they have all that. Sort of, it's so. It's so. Um, what's the word? Maybe they're not. Hello, welcome. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Tony, product <laughs> manager. I want to show you the new S family lineup of play each one of the really nice full. There it is. That was a splash. Just nothing there. No sustain. There it is. Such a great little waste of money to get a splash. Don't you think that that band seems like that now? Because it feels like this thing where. They were working through recovery. This might be totally not true. <laughs> I'm trying to figure out what you're saying. They're working so through listening. recovery by doing all these weird sort of absurd challenges in their music. Interesting. That to me is what that seems like. <laughs> okay. Because it's so it's so clean and um, not clean, but um, so friendly. Yeah, it is friendly. And so um, it almost feels like Christian or Mormon, like a thing where it's like, yes. all right, today we're all going to do this thing. Okay, guys, everyone's going to take off their left shoe and give it to your best friend. If it doesn't fit. That's two bags. We're doing a three-legged race with only one shoe. Okay, yes. here we go. It's like, why are we doing that? Why are we doing that? You know, with a lot of God, anything's possible, okay? Yes. All right, Derek, like the haircut, man. That's cool. It's that guy. It does feel like that it feels a little, a little bit. bit like that. But they're from Seattle, too. I didn't realize that. Yeah. So they're like, they're so like they're a completely bizarre. OG grunge band. Because they do have a grunge, they do have that grunge sound, that nice tube amp. They I, rock, man. They do. I fucking love them. There's songs of this I've listened to. Over and over. We should listen to a song right now. We should stop fucking talking about one of these right. songs. What songs should we listen to of President of the United States? Ooh, uh, I don't know. Volcano, Mach 5. Volcano, definitely. Yeah. I was thinking the same thing. Volcano is one of those things where it's like, it's like per- lyrically a perfect song, I feel like. That's on their second album, right? Yeah. Second album's great. This is it. <laughs> sounds great. Already sounds great. It's just that guitar. It's so tight. Like the production is quintessential 90s. This is Frenchy. 96. Oh, about to hear a splash. That beat. Under the island, middle of the mountain, <laughs> there is a big bad woman system. The wind speakers, woofers and tweeters, amplifiers, melted wires. The party's exploded, chorus corroded. Underground, the Puget Sound. I can't believe we both know all the words to this song. They rule. Yeah. They covered Kick Out the Jams on the other album. Right. MC5. It was like, I had no idea what that even No idea. Anything. It was like decades later, uh-huh. almost, that I was like, oh, now I like the MC5? Oh, yeah, President of the United States of America, when I was like in middle school. Yeah, that's like Christian rock. That's, that's exactly. okay. It's like children's rock. Yeah. And they're like goofy looking too. Yeah. They make faces. Fully shaved head. And then the, the drummer has like wacky 
big curly hair. You know, I think the key element to them is what makes them the way they are is the fact that they smile a lot. I could see that too. Chris Cornell doesn't smile. No, no. Scott Weiland doesn't smile. Now it's interesting. Do you Kurt think Cobain. these guys are uncool? Do I? Okay. Well, I mean, this what you're describing sounds like not a cool thing. I would say, here's what I just say. It took me a long time to figure this shit out. But it seems sincere, I guess. Yeah. Not like they're trying to be sincere. You know what I mean? I think, okay, there's a couple things going on here. Maybe there's a distinction between sincerity and coolness that, that needs to be made. I think that these guys are definitely a product of the 90s, so there's also that. There is this sort of context thing with them. But the other thing about them I would say that I only realized until recently, because Brit and I... Brit likes a lot of music, but I would say that the music that Brit likes, um, she can't stand this music. She can't stand a lot of music that I like. Yeah. Like, I used to be really into them at the Giants. Mm. She can't stand them. Yeah. I'm and not a big fan, I don't think. There's a distinction that she made that made me realize what it is that she doesn't like about it and why I like it and why people who don't like it don't like it. Yeah. It's what it is, is this music is not sexy. Oh, yeah. It is 100% not sexy. Yeah. And she only likes music that is sexy, like fucking Nick Cave. Oh, wow. Or okay, stuff wow. that's like, you know, goth music. Goth is the sexiest music because uh-huh. it's just fucking, you know, it's drippy and sad yeah, yeah. and uh, it's sexy. It's in the dark. Birthday party is sexy as fuck. Yeah. Like death is sexy. Yeah. So this is not sexy. So I feel like that's what it is. It's not so much cool is it's... Is it sexy? And it's just not fucking sexy, but it's still fun to listen to. Oh, yeah. And it rocks. I like fun. Whereas, like, Spoon Man or any Soundgarden song, if you hate them or not, it's yeah. still like, oh, this is sexy music. Because the guy's like, but I think also I mean? I'm like, you're trying to be sexy, but you're not sexy. You don't think Chris Cornell was sexy? I mean, it's just hard to hear that, the yarl. <sighs> yeah. As it was dubbed. In the past. <laughs> Is that what it was called, Yarl? Oh, my God. There's a whole art. There's this article from, I want to say, 2000. Dude, I didn't know that. Someone dubbed it that, and it's, like, so fucking funny. Yarl. Because it's, it's basically because starts it was, from Alice in Chains, I feel like. Yeah, and it's about how, like, <sighs> the 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 uh, new metal guys mm-hmm. all had this thing, and it came from that. Like, the yeah. the uh, Pearl Jam, Alice in Chains sort of. Totally. But it's, it's Yell. But the way they say it, which is like, yeah. To me, the perfect example is that. What's that song? Um, oh, fuck it. You can hear it now. What the fuck? Why can't I think of this song? It's like a classic song. It's got like a breakdown. I'll think of it. I'll think of it at some point. Okay. It's But it goes. I know the yeah. That's all I know. Yeah. I don't know what song it is at all. Fuck. But it's like the quintessential, like, that sound. Yeah. But by itself. It's like, isol- it's an isolated Jarl. Yeah. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Why can't I think of it? Okay. Our, our new band. So. Isolated Jarl. You were into Pusa. You were into this non-sexy stuff. When did you get into, I want to play one of these songs with the playlist you sent me. Okay. Which one do you want to, which one do you want to play first and then talk about it? Um, we got some. There's some reggae in here. Yeah. There's some. Uh, Maybe start with that. Mm, the Black Eyes song. Okay. Here we go. I'm gonna play it now. This is Black Eyes. And the song's called Deformative. Dude, this is heavy. This is like I think 2003 maybe on Discord or something like okay. that. Okay. It's like very of that time. Yeah. I just heard this recently and I'm like, how did I not 
know about this when I was that age. Just the production style alone. And the, the, that beat is like everything. No matter what genre, you're like, disco beat. It gets good. There's two vocalists in this band. This also sounds like it could be on a... Well, then was the Rapture on? That uh, label. I, I don't know. I know that they put stuff out on, like, GSL. Yeah. But I don't remember other than that what they're on. Also, that vocalist, the high-pitched one, is a guy. Wow. Yeah. I, like I, me. I was like, it's cool. I was like, oh, they have male and female vocalists. That's awesome. And then I watched the video and it's like, maybe this is even cooler. They start singing in rows at one point where they're singing different things at the same time. And it's cool. This is very angsty. Oh, yeah. It sounds like you and not you. This. I'm a sucker for that. Two people singing different stuff, but it's still on time. That's very committed. That's a very committed sound. Yeah. That was Deformative by Black Eyes from the album Black Eyes. Yeah. So um, why, yeah. Did you, why did you select that song, Chris? Uh, I selected that one because that's like, uh, that's the kind of stuff that I was really, would have been into or At was into. At the All Ages into. venue? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that, that, that right there is like the theme song to an All Ages venue. Yes, <laughs> it just in, like, in that particular era. Totally. I feel like 2000 to 2003 or something or late 90s to like even then though I feel like that stuff has to still be kind of around there's something about that that like screams to me I wonder I mean I think there's probably a revival of that yeah. stuff from kids who are just a few years too young to be there right because it's just it's, it's so it's almost like oh you're making music for the first time so this is what you can oh I can do this I can, I can scream and be like yeah. this way so I'm going to do it but it's also like it was danceable. I mean, it was sort of, like from spazzy. what I understand, this sort of reaction to the machismo of hardcore oh. was like, it's still like, we're still yelling and it's still kind of heavy or whatever, mm-hmm. but you can dance and it's like a little bit more effeminate or or more of a friendly, I mean, it was still, I think, really sexist, a lot of it probably. Yeah. But it was like, I think, thought of as a more comfortable place for women to hang out although at that time it was you know scene was too i don't know i, I, I could I, be projecting but i don't even know i mean it, yeah. ch- it changes everywhere every town has a different totally. way to do the thing you think is the same everywhere but it's yeah. like oh we do it th- we do it this way man yeah fucking hardcore 
Well, Bakersfield, California. This is how we. That's a David Cross. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, that, I think about that bit all the goddamn time. <laughs> that's funny. And it's true. It's like a thing where yeah, you think something is the way you do it when actually every everyone does it kind of a similar way. Kind of similar, and you th- think like, oh, this is how we do it here. Yeah, and it's go, like yeah, we everyone fucking makes sandwiches, bro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, I guess we're, we're kind of crazy around here. We put the fucking cheese on first. <laughs> that's just how we do it in Omaha, baby. Put the cheese on first. That actually reminds me of one of the all ages sort of stories uh, one I was with my friend's band I used to tour doing merch for my friend's band this mm-hmm. band the Mean Reds that were from Tucson and they were kind of like not like like that exactly spazzy but DFA in the same, that's yeah. it DFA that's they the label they keyboards and in matching wrestling unitards and stuff oh my fucking god and it was really awesome and they would like bait the audience and act really homoerotic and stuff yeah and uh but we did a show in, like, Bakersfield or something at uh-huh. this pizza place that's all ages. And um, it was great. I mean, this this venue was great. It's, like, the one place in Central California to play on your way between L.A. and the Bay Area. Mm-hmm. But one of the things was they, they're, they like, excited to feed you. And, you know, because you're, like, a van of starving teenagers. Yeah. And uh, one of the things they're, like, oh, have you have y'all had Mojo's? Oh my god! And we're like, what? I think what I know are, what this is. What are mojos? And they're like, oh my god, you have got to try the mojos. Okay. They're our signature or whatever. And we're like, I mean, okay, sure, throw in an order of mojos. Yeah, why not? <laughs> and so we sit down and then, like, we get pizza and then they put down, here you go, here's your mojos. And it's just like, Seasoned potato wedges? Yeah, I knew it. That's what they fuck. Yeah, mojos or seasoned potato wedges. I just wedges. never heard them called that. I was like, It almost sounds so formal, but I'm like, even as a teenager, I remember being like, these are seasoned potato wedges. No, those are mojos, baby. They're mojos. No, how we do it around here, these are mojos. They just have that at some barbecue place in Minnesota, mojo potatoes. Mojos. Ooh, mojos. But yeah, it felt very much like, oh, this this is is how how we we do do it it. out here. This ain't your mama's potato. This is a mojo. Oh, we do. do, We're on that show, Divers, Drive-Ins, and Divers. And we do that guy fucking loved our mojos. Yeah. He says, no, I mean, no one does potatoes like that. No one knows how to do it. It's a secret recipe it's how we a do wedge, it. And it's, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. It's seasoned and it's deep fried? We season it deep fried. We use the cheapest paprika mixed with black pepper and garlic salt. Yeah. That actually sounds pretty damn good. That oh, I think we just good. developed our own. With, I mean, I our sort own of mojo sauce. weaseled my way into it. Mm-hmm. But yeah. We can call it the Bobo, honking on Bobo. Honk on, honk. Some, of the, honk on some of our Bobos. Honking on Bobo. Hi, you listen to Live the Tape with Chris there, my guest, and we're both honking on Bobo, baby. Honking on Bobo. Now I want to talk about something that we have a mutual interest for that I feel like is... It's a, a, it's a big touchstone. And that's, we talked about it before, that's fucking reggae, bro. Beep, beep. How did you get into reggae? Sublime. Okay, really? Yes. That's funny. Okay. After presidency of the United States of America, that was like this huge phase. So you got into Sublime. And that led me into like, because they wore so many influences like on their sleeve and referenced them. They cover a lot of deep tracks. They cover some songs where I'm like, wow, that's that's not like a a lightweight track. Actually, the more that I get into listening to reggae, they're kind of interlinked still for me. The more I get into listening to reggae part, sometimes I'm like, oh, but... They took this little tiny thing. Yeah, a tiny little little quote. There's uh, we in the jazz world call that a quote. Ooh, there's this uh, damn. There's this 
this ah oh, fuck mix up mix up this Bob Marley song uh-huh. from like Confrontation okay eighty like three or something like that and uh, it's like a five minute song and there's nothing referenced from it the whole song except there's one part where he goes something something holiday and then there's backup singers who go holiday and that's from that's that like Bob in Marley DJs on um, Sublime's Forty Ounces to Freedom or something Damn. like that where I'm like. Oh my god, that too was something that they took from somewhere else. And it's like the smallest thing. But also, because I was so obsessed with Sublime, and still sort of am, I think, a mm-hmm. little bit, there's this thing where it's like, it's exciting for me to like find a new piece of the puzzle. Like, yeah. they put that in there? This came from here? This is this? This is Eni Kamozi or whatever? This mm-hmm. like thing that they took? Or Pawn Shop is like this Wailing Souls cover and they changed the lyrics, you know? I mean, I they're just, you know... I think that uh, I'm also like, is this, they credited these artists, but there's also this question about appropriation, I think, that I wonder about. I know that he genuinely was a fan, and this Uh kind of is the tradition in reggae, but at the same time, he's also making money that these people didn't have the opportunity to ever make because they were like, Yeah, I don't know how I feel about that. I feel like it's one of those things where I, I mean, I've talked about this a bunch in the podcast because I can't help but think about it, but I feel like, to even uh, open that up is just to be. It's like you can't, you can't even consider it because if you consider that appropriation, then you have to consider some other things appropriation, and it's like you can't do anything. It's almost like living in a room that's filled with like lasers. You just can't fucking move. Yeah. If 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 you have one, you know what it's like. This is my. This is probably the best analogy I've ever come up with in my life. <laughs> like living in a room that's filled with mirrors yes. and you have one laser beam but that laser beam becomes everywhere yeah. because it bounces all around and so you can't do anything it's like that thing where pass me the laser beam sublime covered it Don Carlos they did yeah yeah just another example you know, I, I used if you're to in a mirrored sublime, room you can't cover that you can't I used to hate Sublime. Like, I really did. I thought it was, like, super... It makes sense to me that people hate them. Well, I, I hated them because I was too cool for Sublime. Yeah. But now it's like I listen to their I stuff. I think people who are love sl- them. slightly older than me... Yeah, I'm slightly older than you. And my age and younger than me mm-hmm. hate them. <laughs> I love them now. This is a, there's one Sublime song that's, like, a hit of theirs I listen to on repeat because I'm like, this is a fucking killer reggae song. It's so good. He has a great voice. They draw from so many... Good influences stuff. where it's like this I'm only listening to the reggae stuff and I'm constantly finding new things that they're referencing. Right. And then it's like but they were also really into like punk and the Grateful Dead. Yeah. And there's like Motown references and just Well, it's like all music really. It's like I mean, the clash wouldn't exist without without reggae. Yeah. And there's all that stuff that people don't realize, oh, they're, what they're drawing from is not Bob Marley, it's different stuff. It's like later Yeah. Uh it's like pre dance hall kind of thing. Junior Mervin. Right. Yeah. That's a Junior Mervin song. Like the Police biggest that is literally not their song. Yeah. But no one most people I'd say probably ninety percent of people don't know that. Yeah. Maybe more, who knows? But same with Sublime. I mean some yeah. of those songs. Caress Me Down is a cover as well. Like it's a fully formed song. I mean he added the yeah. part where he sings about himself in Spanish. <laughs> but it's a reggae song. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. We should play this one here you brought. This is one of my favorite songs. I just found this song. I Are you serious? Love this song. I'm yeah. so happy for you. Yeah, yeah. This is one of the darkest, heaviest. Oh, this shit fucking is. This is murder. Love it. This is Johnny Osborne. 
I do think it's funny that he, the song is you're about to get a spanking. Uh-huh. Like when I'm singing along in my car, I'm like, this is a little embarrassing. Uh-huh. The cover of this album, the cover of this album is a pistol. Ooh. It's a handgun. I've only seen it on the... On this comp? Spotify has this comp. Yeah. This shit is just, to me, this is, uh, this is the Roots Radix band. This is like, this is also one of those songs that you can't listen to. If you listen to it on speakers with the right mix, the bass is so loud. It's like fucking blasting. I feel it. That little bit of guitar. Uh-huh. It's almost too good. Uh-huh. You can't play this shit on the radio. It's illegal. Remember, I was really stoned once making a, a reggae mix. Stoned and drunk. I was putting, I played this song. I just couldn't stop saying that. Like, this is too dark for the radio. You know what I mean? It's like too... That and like that out, that song, I Tell, uh, I Tell Corner by Prince Jasbo. Oh, I don't know if I heard it. That shit's so fucking dark. Do you know what Sensimilia is, Chris? Um, <laughs> you know, after listening to Sublime for this long, no, actually. <laughs> Do you get high? No. Do you ever get high? No. Are you like, are you clean? Uh, I'll take like psychedelics once in a while. Okay. And I, That's every, a good life. Every couple years I forget that I don't really like smoking weed, and I'll smoke weed. Right. And... Have like a reminder experience? Well, I, I usually have like one good experience and then I'll go, I should do this more. Yeah. And then, and then it's like, then I feel like, no bueno. why am I doing this? Like, I, I'm just trying to like not feel what I normally feel or something. Right. So. But you don't drink? No, I don't drink. Never? Uh, yeah, I used to drink. You used to. Oh, so did you have like a problem with it, you think? Um, yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I mean, it was like nothing crazy or... I don't know. I just, I was always ambivalent about it, but I haven't drank in like five years. Oh shit, we're back. Yeah. Auto change. This that was Folly Ranking. F A L L Y Ranking by Johnny Osborne. Great song. That shit's fucking, yeah, that's the Roots Radix band. Too dark for the radio. I think so. I think it just got that, you know what I mean? It's got that, all those Roots songs have that vibe where they're just so. Sinister. I don't know. All I can think is dark. They're just, they're just so. They're so like deep. I guess it's that. Yeah. They're very deep. It's a very like deep well of a sound that you feel like kind of almost like it's scary to go swimming in a cenote. 
the same way I don't think you can play that song on the radio. Yeah, it's exactly I, like that. Totally, dude. That's the best analogy of all time. <laughs> oh, so, and this, now we're at two of the greatest analogies ever. Here's, here's this. is This is the song I feel like is, you can't play on the radio, too, is this one. This is I Tell Corner by Prince Jazzbook. This is, uh, I think it's from 1971, maybe, maybe 72. This, this is a uh, Black Ark. This is Lee Perry production. But just so, there's so much, like, I mean, there's something about it. It almost feels like a, if you took a negative, you know how a negative looks? It's like that. It's like you can see everything, but it's like this fucking twisted, reversed color that feels yeah. kind of scary. There's a lot of sort of em- empty space. Yeah. But it's so like intense. It's the kind of thing like I, in my dream I would be like, I look like some sort of a crazy like murderer dude with like a shaved head, bunch of gold teeth, and smoking like a cigarette, pulling up someplace, and like a giant like busted out like '78 Cadillac with fucking uh, the top down, and like I've got a bunch of neck tats, but I'm being super nice, and this is blasting. <laughs> How y'all doing? How are y'all doing? Something about that. It's Have like, some mojos. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the backseat's full of mojos. <laughs> the backseat's full of mojos, y'all. Just reach what? in. You scared by my intense reggae vibe? Sorry about that. My neck tattoos? I want to get a neck tattoo. You ever thought about getting a neck tat? I think I, not with any level of seriousness. <laughs> what would you get? I wouldn't. You I wouldn't. wouldn't do it, no. If you had to get a neck tattoo, what would you get? Someone's like, Chris, you have to get a fucking neck tat. Uh, okay. Damn, what would you get? Do you know? I would probably get something cheesy, like a fucking kiss lips. <laughs> <laughs> if I had to get one. Yeah, no, that is cool. Like, Maybe like a lipstick. I don't know. Thing? I don't know if I get that. I might get that. I think I would probably get something like a fucking spider or something like that. I'd get foghorn leghorn. Foghorn leghorn. That'd be cool. Maybe a wolf's head or like a wolf's paw would be cool on your neck. Yeah. What about like a lucky rabbit's foot? Lucky rabbit's foot? That's a tattoo. It's common. I don't know. Do you ever think about that? About trying to be tough, like trying to look tough because you're not. You because you ever. What like did that? you say to me? Do you ever feel like trying to look tough? <laughs> no, no, no. Because why? Because maybe you don't think you look tough. Oh no, you didn't say that. You said I'm not tough. Oh, I meant that in the infinitive, like I, me. I will kick. I will kick that ass. I bet you'll kick that ass. <laughs> Do you ever think about that though? At all? <laughs> like in your life. Um. I was really obsessed with Iggy Pop okay. when I was, like, 19. Yeah. And I wanted to be, like, that, kind of. But like even that. that's, like, you're not really, like, tough. You're more just angry. Yeah, but you also are, like, you have good style. Good style. <laughs> so you it's not a, really tough at you've all, You've got, actually. like, the heroin muscles. Yeah. Like, and, super wiry. Yeah, you wear a leather jacket sometimes. Yeah, and you seem like someone who... You're just would, always wasted. Yeah, that's true. I do think about him a lot, too, too like, being, like... Super angry, like the kind of thing where, like, oh, you you're scary because you don't know what this person this person might end their own life to end yours, yeah. kind of thing. Yeah, like they would, if it meant knocking you off a bridge, they would go down with you just because 
It's it, like that. It's yeah. like that. What's it, what do you call it? It's like being a fucking wild card. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's what I want to be. You, so when did you stop wanting to be a wild card? Um, I don't know. I mean, I stopped. Jesus Christ. I don't really know. I moved to L.A. from San Francisco. Mm-hmm. And uh, I. That's a real scene there. Stopped drinking for a number of reasons. I was mm-hmm. dating someone who was uh, sober and they never pitched the idea to me or anything, but I just kind of stopped and never mentioned it. Stopped know? drinking? Yeah. But it was also, I, I got a DUI when I was 18. Oh, there you go. And so when I moved back here, you know, nine mm-hmm. years later, eight years later or something, I was like, I don't want to get in trouble like ever again. Because that's a, that's a bad trouble. It sucked. You really learn. Yeah. So I tried to drink in moderation for a little while here uh-huh. and would have like, a drink or two and then stay for, you know, an hour or two and have waters and stuff like that. That's and then so not fun. I would go to my car. I would ha- not have any fun. Yeah. And then I would go to my car and I'd be like, ah, I don't know if I feel like 100% though. Damn. And so sometimes I would like take a nap in my car and it's like, this is a lot of effort just to try to go out and still not actually have fun. I'll tell you what, man. It sounds like the fucking system worked. Yeah. They got you. Which is fine. I'm I'm glad that I stopped drinking. Yeah. I had taken breaks and stuff while I was drinking, and it just took me, I guess, that to stop. And then I, I think I also thought it would help, like maybe help the relationship, and it, it didn't. But I think that's also because I quit drinking, never mentioned it, and then was having to like deal with all the feelings that I was suppressing by drinking. Yeah, it's weird how that stuff is such a thing where it's hard to admit it. I, oh Uh-oh. shit. Matt, we just lost all. Welcome back. Are we recording? Uh, Yeah, we're recording. We're ripping. We're rolling. We're going. We're good. Okay. Uh, Whatever we're talking about, we were talking about it, and I think we probably got to the point of it, didn't we? Yeah. Where were we when we raked? I was saying I quit drinking. Oh, yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. We we were talking about how it's weird how even if you're not, I guess I was thinking, I think it's interesting that how even if you aren't really having, like, a crazy time in your life or having a lot of emotional problems or things, still, if you're drinking a lot or doing anything, any chemical a lot, it's basically just to kind of yeah. muddy the waters a bit. Yeah. I. It's weird how that's the case. I've been try- Yeah, I've been trying to, like, work on that shit since I quit drinking. Yeah. Because I was, like, just the relationship I was in, I was, like... Just I had no way. I had no way to communicate my feelings, and mm-hmm. I was just a shithead, just selfish, and I didn't know anything, you know. And I'm like, I was shocked to like see that because I was like, oh, I quit drinking, so everything will be fixed, right? Like, actually, yeah, I feel like it makes it harder. Well, it makes it harder in the sense where all this new stuff surfaces. Yeah, because you basically have to deal with stuff before you didn't have to deal with it because. 
you were pushing it away yes. with with uh, by obscuring your clarity. Yeah. And then when everything's super clear, it's like, ooh, like for me, I have a problem where I get like really bored uh-huh. or really like it's like an attention thing, or I have trouble just oh living in that moment because if you're super sober, you really just have to you just have to face it and sort of okay, so this is what I'm dealing with, like. Yeah, and that's, I I still do do lots of things, but yeah, I mean I still I definitely do it a lot less struggle now. Struggle with things that mm-hmm. are just potentially less unhealthy, but I'm still like, right. oh yeah, I should uh, check my phone all the time. Oh my god, it's the worst. It's the same thing. It's all the same. It's all this thing where it's like a you're you're creating your you're creating something to think about that keeps you from thinking about the thing that actually is important or matters or yeah is. The real content of life, as opposed to being this, or the thing that's like actually potentially bothering you, right? You yeah, know, creating like little other things to obsess over and focus yeah. on and worry about, like little micro jobs. Yeah. Oh, I gotta do this. Gotta do this. Gotta do this. Yeah. You don't have to do shit. It's like, what if you just stopped? Uh huh. What What feelings would come up if you just let them? <laughs> You know, and, and you're like, ah, no, I got to Sorry, Twitter. I'm going to text somebody. Make plans. That's what I hate the most about being on the road. If you're traveling, like for a comedy or doing touring at all, yeah, is that nowadays I feel like I have to like live. I live in my phone for yeah. directions. For yeah. like, oh, I have to find a place to eat. Oh, I got to call somebody. I do this, and it ends up where I use it so much for stuff I need that it just bleeds into. Just looking at it to look at it. Yeah. And I, I feel like I just want to fucking never look at a phone ever again. Yeah. I think there's also this thing of when you're on the road, you're, like, lonely, too. Oh, yeah. And so Supremely. then you're additionally glued to your phone. Because mm-hmm. it's already – you're able to justify it by being like, well, I don't know what the restaurants are here, you know? Yeah. But then next thing you know, you go to the restaurant and you're like, huh, I wonder what my friends back home are up to. Right. Yeah, yeah. Scroll through Instagram for three hours. You know? It's bad. Scrolling is the fucking devil. Yeah. The devil is a scroll. <laughs> yeah. The devil's in the scroll wheel. I want to play one more song that you sent me here. Uh, this is, what, can you talk about this one? This is a guy named Ted Hawkins. Yeah. The Lost. The song's called The Lost Ones. It's off an album called The Watcher Step. I've never heard of this, ever. I don't know anything about this song. My friend Logan Jones, Marshall. Uh-huh. Uh, sent, shout out. Shout out to Logan. Big up. Buh. Um... Yeah, he sent me a playlist of stuff recently, and right. I sent him that dance hall playlist, which, if you guys want to check it out, I've tweeted about it. Ladies and gentlemen, Chris has a—people ask me all the t- fucking time about music, and I'm sometimes just like, guys, I have posted so many—I'm I'm, going to make a definitive uh, reggae playlist called, Johnny, can you recommend any reggae? Yeah. It's going to be called that, because people ask all the time, I'm going to make one. Do it. But I feel like your dance hall playlist is— it's pretty exhaustive in terms of that genre. Yeah. It's called Mostly Dancehall. It's on Spotify, authored by Chris Thayer, T-H-A-Y-E-R. Yeah, but I also have tweeted about it, so there's mm-hmm. a link there. And then also recently, because I had friends who don't have Spotify, I migrated it over to YouTube. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh, okay. Yeah. That's really great, because, yeah, a lot of people don't have Spotify. Yeah. So let's listen to this song here. This is called The Lost Ones by Ted Hawkins. Mama is dying and daddy. I mean, if that album came out, I think it is it is actually from 82. Sometimes okay. Spotify has the wrong 
Better song but I think it's maybe 80. We are the lost ones living all alone. Icebox is empty and the fool is all gone. This wouldn't be happening if my daddy was home. No school tomorrow. Like I know this now. Don't let her die. I am a big boy and I'm not supposed to cry. Go get my daddy and bring him back home. We are the lost one living on. This is like music that doesn't really have a time period. This is like out of time. You know what I mean? This could be from, if you told me this was 58 or like 2011, that would be the same. Yeah. It's crazy. We've all tried praying. This part's great. I don't know how to pray. We are the lost ones singing help today. I call the neighbors, but... Such a sad song. Yeah, every turn. Sad shit, man. I was gonna say we have to play something else after this. I mean, we can play that other one other song. Okay. Yeah, Logan, put this playlist together for me to have this song on it. It's heart-wrenching. Yeah. It's really beautiful. Supposed to cry. It's like Bright Eyes. It's exactly like Bright Eyes. But it's slow. Yeah. There's, I don't feel the desperation. <laughs> Okay, now we're going to hear the, uh, another song. That was Ted Hawkins, The Lost Ones. It's beautiful. Yeah, that's fucking... I listened to the album that that's on, and it's sort of a mixed bag. There's some stuff that's kind of like, feels a little like 50s throwbacky, yeah. but it is, the 80, I don't know, it, it's, that is so good and right. so not necessarily genre specific. Yeah, it's just a song. But there's stuff that feels a little like old rock and roll, and it feels... A little bit corny. I feel more and more that I don't really like albums or artists as much as I just I'll find a song I oh, like songs, a lot. Yeah. And that song can that song can sustain me for yeah. a while. I feel like I'm noticing that a lot in reggae, especially. Oh my god, for because sure. There's, I mean, the albums. A lot of the albums are like bad, no good. But then there'll be a song that's like well, mind blowing. It's such a singles market, and not just a market, but it's such a singles. The whole. Just the whole genre, the whole scene of that music is built yeah. around songs that are like, oh, this is this this is the hot track. This is the forty-five. Right. This version, on you drop this, this on rhythm or whatever, and that's what you hear, and that's what you dance to. You hear it over and over again. Yeah. It's not so much about because that whole that whole I feel like albums kind of 
no, excuse me, in a way, albums kind of didn't ruin, but they definitely really fucked up. I feel like al- albums did what did to music what sound did to movies. Or it was like a thing where it's too much too soon mm. for something that we're still trying to figure out. Interesting. Because like you don't need obviously there's a lot of great albums out there, but yeah. I don't think you need to have forty minutes of music to for really us to hear yeah. any something from you. There's like a couple EPs I like that are just oh, this yeah. is this is the greatest Fifteen minutes of music ever. I don't yeah. need anything more for another year from you. Sometimes it's the best thing, you know, yeah. like from a band where they like then they put out an album and you're like, this is yeah. all filler. Yeah, yeah. I uh, love a good single or an EP. I love a good song. I love, you know what I mean. I love hey, a good song. I'm gonna say it. I love a good song. I love a good song. Okay, let's hear this last one here. Uh, what else, what else do you want to do? You want to say anything else before we go? There's something like you know, just throw some stuff out there. Maybe like a an address, a phone number, like a place to shop when you're in a place that you go. Um, yeah. When does this come out? Probably be out like in the next five days or so. Okay. Uh, I have a bunch of tour dates coming yes. up in the Bay Area, San Francisco, and yes. Oakland. Okay. At the end of this month, I'll be up there because I'm going to watch. The Lashock reunion at Burger Boogaloo. I don't know what that means, but it sounds cool. Lashock is this band that I was obsessed with when I was in high school. (laughs) Okay. And I never got to see them because they broke up before I got a chance to see them. Burger Records? Burger's re releasing their record. Okay. But their record was out on GSL in like 99 or Is that what the Burger Boogaloo is? Uh, This, it's like a garage rock sort of festival. Last year, Iggy headlined. This year, it's like Devo and the Damned. Damn. Are headlining. But I'm just going because I want to see Le Shock. Yeah. So bad. Le Shock. Yeah. Never heard of that. I should check it they're out. They're great. They're from Long Beach. This Saturday I'm doing an okay. art show thing that they're doing. But anyway. So what are your dates? You know what, what they are? I mean. What I, them are? I have like two to three shows a night some nights. So I, I can't even. Yeah. I'm going to. I'll be. They'll be. They're on my calendar on my website. So I'm doing. What's the website called? Uh, this is Chris dot com. Okay. So that'll be June 27th through 30th. I believe uh-huh. I have shows. And then uh, I'll be in New York doing shows July 7th through 11th. Uh-huh. And then I got some stuff coming up in, I believe, Phoenix, Phoenix Arizona and Mesa, Arizona. And who knows? Stay tuned for more stuff. Stay tuned for more stuff from Chris. Where he's going to be. Okay, let's listen to this last track. This is the last sound we're going to hear from your thing. I feel like... I don't know, hope we can even fucking hear it at this point. This is um, this is Lucy. When I hear, when I saw you put this on this list, I was like, "Are you fucking kidding me?" Why? Because I just never have listened to Lucinda Williams. I have never either. She popped up on like one of my suggested like, right? Spotify things, and I was like, "It was this song." Blew my blew my ass right off my body. <laughs> I know Lucinda Williams to be. I guess I don't know. I think listen, listen to. To me, it's adult contemporary, basically. She has such a strange voice. I can't not listen. She does have a weird ass voice. It's like I think she's maybe from Louisiana or something. I think you're right. Yeah, I think you're right. Sweet baby 
fucking Lake Charles, Louisiana. That's a little redneck town. It's just. I think voice, people's voices is a big thing for me. I don't know. Like musically, I feel like I know so many other people are instrumentation or whatever yeah. but kind of I'm like really like okay what about the voice Give me it's the super important it's like I think it's maybe one of the biggest things for me personally it's God's first instrument it technically is you know that's a great analogy God's first instrument the voice nature's candy the raisin <laughs> <laughs> well, I've got some of nature's candy y'all mojo's you like, if you like Nature's Candy, you're going to love Mojo's. Oh, nature's Beef Jerky. Mojo's. It's, I have no idea that I would ever say I like a Lucinda Williams song or this, her at all. This particular album is really good. And it's like, from what, 2000-something? Let's see here. This is from an album, I believe it's called World Without Tears. Uh-huh. And, uh... It says it's from, um, yeah, 2003. Yeah, which seems like it would be a weird time. Yeah. For, you know, like, I wouldn't be like, oh, I should get into her. I'll see what she was doing in 2003. I think, again, it's one of these things where it's just out of time. It's like a thing where yeah. it's, I hate to say the word timeless because I feel like it's different. It's more like it just doesn't exist inside of, inside of a time period. It's not like a... Yeah, it's not tethered to the... To the time. cultural landscape of the time it came out or something. Yeah. Yeah, it just has like a, its own sort of atmosphere or something. Mm-hmm. Like her voice and the southernness of it and the you know, it's like a familiar sort of progression and vibe, but I don't know. I do have problems, I think. I used to have a lot of problems with stuff that I couldn't ascribe to a time period because I feel like I couldn't you know, I don't know what it is then. Yeah. Chris there, thanks for being here on Live the Tape. It's back. We're it fully back now. Yeah. Now we're fully back. Oh my God, we're fully back just in one year. Chris Thayer, thanks for coming to uh, Technical Difficulties 206. It's been great. It's been great to have you. Yeah. Uh, you can check you out online, find you there. This is Look Chris you up, Thayer. look you down. This is ChrisThayer.com. Twitter, Chris Thayer says, Instagram, Woomp, Thayer it is. Really? Yeah. How do you spell that? W-H-O-O-M-P. Okay. Thayer, T-H-A-Y-E-R, <laughs> it is. That's also a music reference. It is. It is. Thanks. That's how they spell it. That's how you do it. Bye. Bye, everybody. Be a good singer. Thanks. Double do got the big old butt and
Josh ran out of tape. It's a good show. <laughs>